0: Thank you for checking out Only the Important Stuff. I'm your host, Jeff Heinrich. It is Monday, September 25th, 2023. Hope you all have a a great week ahead of you. As fall is here, bonfires are happening, fall golf is in full swing, and the playoffs are right around the corner. Now, in the spring, I did a whole bunch of episodes related to college baseball uh, from former teammates, former coaches, and I always thought it'd be super awesome Uh, to get the current coach on to talk about state of the program and just talk ball, get to know him a little better. And so with that, I'm super excited uh, to welcome today's guests uh, as I get a chance to know a former opponent, but now the national championship winning head ball coach at Augustana, Coach Tim Huber. Welcome to the pod, Tim. How the heck are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it's, it's a good thing we can do things this way nowadays instead of in person. I, I stink. I was staining some uh, some flower uh, boxes. I put on my deck to get rid of some railings, so I don't have to look over and sure. sit outside on nice nights like this, right? But Absolutely. no, it's it's good to be on here, and you know, I, I know some of the people you've uh, chatted with already have filled me in about how great it is. So it's it'll, it'll be cool to, uh, to to jump on and join you guys
0: there's a little bit of that that kind of like blows my mind. Cause there, you know, I do this from my basement. It feels like I'm doing it in a bit of a bubble. Right. And it's always weird to hear that people listen to it. It's obviously super awesome and, and exciting. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've heard nothing but good things from those guys, uh, straight up baseball guy, good dude, you name it, right. Like glowing reviews. So I'm super excited to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, and really just, you know, hash it up, uh, hash it out. And like, see where the program's at and learn about it, right? Because, you know, I keep track on it from, you know, the cities and from afar, and it's super exciting to see how the program has evolved from when we were playing and, you know, and when you were playing, right? Because you, you played yeah. against us all the time, right? And to see it take that journey from, you know, obviously good, good people, good players, but, you know, we, we never really accomplished anything back in the day to now. It's, you know, you guys are a problem right um which is awesome and uh it's super exciting so yeah super excited to get to know you um
1: yeah no we're in a great place for sure
0: heck yeah heck yeah <laughs> um let's start this thing out by like getting to know you a little bit better uh and then we'll kind of dive into baseball and nerd out a little bit and have people sure. probably turn this off <laughs> um but you know you grew up in Belle Plain. Yeah, what I'm. Uvalde yep. yep,
1: playing hometown, '96 uh, high school grad, and didn't venture far away. I went down the road to Mankato, and you know, back back in those days, recruiting was so different. Um, you know, I, I remember it being kind of late spring, and didn't have a clue what I was doing. And some junior colleges got in the mix, and you know, it's kind of funny. My my high school football coach Barry Wooler, who some some people I'm sure listening to this know Barry from his baseball days, mm. and and, um, everything else, but he was, you know, he, he was my football guy, but he had a ton of baseball contacts. And, and so he kind of started putting my name out there a little bit and, you know, small town guy, didn't have a lot of people looking at me. And, uh, anyway, Mankato gets in the mix. And so I ended up going to, going to school for play for coach Boyer, Um, um, turned out to would be five years. I had an arm surgery after my senior year of high school, probably from football hitting people. And then uh, I had a second arm surgery the, the very next year after my freshman year. So I did redshirt my second year of college because again, another arm surgery, I just needed to let the body recover. And so I, I ended up being a five-year guy and finished in O one one and, yeah, no, you're right. It was uh, very different back in those days. The NCC and, yeah. um, and Mankato, you know, we we were certainly a power. And I've talked to plenty of the the old Aggie guys, you know, um, Seve and uh, Kirsch and mm-hmm. um, Omi and, and and Wilbur, and you, you know, I could, I, the the list goes on. But um, we we used to beat up on Augie a little bit back back in those days. And, yeah, and so for for me, um, I, I think there's. I, and we might get into this too, where the the flip, the script has flipped a little bit from, from uh, Mankato beating up on Augie to now. I won't say we're beating up on Mankato by any stretch, but we've, we've had their number recently. Um, But yeah, to to kind of finish my journey to Augie, I, uh, I left Mankato and, and I was with uh, another Mankato guy uh, coach Parrington Matt Parrington um, for one year at McAllister in the Twin Cities and I always say that was my start of learning what it looks like to have to, to try to coach guys that are way way smarter than I am
0: sure um,
1: at McAllister and and then um, decided that was what I wanted to do I really wanted to coach and and I went down with Blanche at Southwest Minnesota State uh, okay. coach Blancher just retired last year so that's yeah. starting to show even my age mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I had two years as a graduate assistant with Blanchard. I got lucky and got a head job at Dakota County Technical College in the Twin Cities um, okay. and, and I always say that was a, an interesting journey because in a lot of ways, number one the, the junior college head coach at that level, you're doing everything. It's trainer, it's stats, it's I ran the fitness center. I mean, you name it. I, I coached every position and they were five and 30 the year before uh, I showed up on campus and, and it was their second year of baseball oh. and it was a, a mess. And um, yeah, I got things rolling. I, my, my final year there, we were one game away from the world series. Matter of fact, we were in the driver's seat, had to get beat twice by Ridgewater, who was the dominant team in the the junior college wow. Minnesota league at that time. And, and they beat us twice. Sure. Um, but then uh, I knew Jeff Holm, I knew Homer a little bit. Yeah. another Mankato alum connection. And, uh, they were looking for something new and a, and a change at Augie. And, and so I was fortunate enough to get the job. And, um, back then we had nowhere to go, but up Homer did a good job. And then there was a couple years where it wasn't, wasn't so great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it was, as I say, in recruiting 15 and 30, the year before, um, we showed up down on campus and I think it was pretty similar the year before that. And, Really for me that that was my background to, to get to Augustana and sure. I certainly had, I love some of the early stories I'd be happy to share some of those yeah. and, and what it looked like and how we got to where we are but I'll, I'll shut up for a minute.
0: Uh, no, I know you're fine. Um that's uh, that's awesome, right? So so Bell Plain to Mankato and you know I've asked this to um all the guys that I played with what that transition was like going from high school to college, right? And, you know, I always had this, you know, I grew up in Fairmont, Minnesota, right? So very familiar with Mankato, and I still call them Mankato, <laughs> me too. right? You know, they will always be that to me, um, but very familiar with them. You know, as a great program. They were, you know, the program at the time, in, our, in my opinion, in the conference, and, you know, did things right played ball the right way, all that, right? So when you go from high school where, I mean, you, you, you understand how it is. Like in high school, you're just good, right? And so the, not a lot is being taught to you. You can hit the ball or you can throw hard. And so then you get to college and you realize there's so much more to this game. Um, that it, you know, sometimes it feels like very overwhelming or maybe can get in your head. So I'm just curious, like, what was that like for you going from high school to college? Was there a a huge transition there for you? A big learning curve or was it like, yeah, no, this is, this is my speed. This is what I need. And yeah, all gas. (laughs)
1: No, I mean I I don't know anybody that's just jumps in and no. it's piece of cake, you know. Right. I mean even the even the guys that play early in their career, it's there's a lot a huge learning curve. Um, sure. I guess I I was fortunate to be a, just a baseball guy. I was around sure. baseball forever and my high school coach's name was Jeff Miller. He played some pro ball and he you know, I, so for me it's and you know this, it Fairmont's a big amateur it's amateur heaven, you know, in Minnesota yeah. small towns and so yep. I kind of got my feet wet hanging around guys that knew the game and, and learned a lot of baseball stuff. And I, awesome. I, I always say I'm a coach now. So some of the, just the game itself, I had some knowledge heading in, but skills and mechanics and um, no, I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. I was so far away. And right. I, I, as I always say, when I'm talking to recruits, even now I use some of my stories to um, kind of explain to them how we do things. I think a lot of coaches, Look back at, at their time as players and what was successful, what helped them get better. Mm-hmm. And I always try to say we we took a lot of what I learned and we're putting it into our program with a, with a little bit of a different spin on it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I had a baseline of baseball knowledge, but I was a long ways away. And Coach Boyer. So those that don't know Dean Boyer, it's man, it was a blessing for me. Just an awesome person, uh, mm-hmm. unbelievable baseball mind. And and again, for me, this is exactly who I am. He's one of the biggest competitors out there. If you ever have had a conversation with, with, I call him Seven. I don't know him by anything else, but everybody that that played for him calls him Seven. If you ever have a conversation with Seven or you just see Seven, he is the biggest personality in the room and just a ton of energy and a lot of fun but what people don't know on a day-to-day basis is he is on your butt and he did not like to lose. And sure. so I think for me, there was just a really good match there from day one that I, I'm I, that's why I am I'm a huge competitor. And um, so, so I, I guess to circle back to your question um, I played sparingly as a freshman, I played JV all year long and had an awesome JV year. I, I don't know what I hit, but it was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, had a, had a good JV season, and then I, I literally still tell the story whenever—not every time—we talk about JV because we do JV at Augie. Yeah, and I, and part of the story I tell is um, for me, my my last or my first ever college start at Mankato was the last conference weekend and there was something like we needed to win the series to win the conference championship that year. And I started three games that weekend first ever starts, you know, and and the only reason that happened is because I proved I could do it on JV. And so, you know, I, I think that was my freshman journey to took a while. And and coach Boyer just, we were really good. So he didn't need a freshman to step in and play. And, um, Looking back, I I probably wasn't ready, but I got a lot of reps on JV and got some college at bats and here and there, and I traveled with the team and and I did have a couple big hits, you know. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't a difference maker by any stretch. At the end of our year, I think I had 33, 35 at bats my my freshman year, and yeah. then uh, redshirted the next year. So it took me my third year. I was one of the guys, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it took took a while. Good programs,
0: yeah. But I, you know, I and that's what I think, um, you know, because we jumped in. You know, my class was ninety-eight, right? So we came in, there was eight of us, and I mean it was baptism by fire, right? We were we were trying to figure out college, trying to figure out what like this level of baseball was like and playing at the same time, right? So it's it was just it was a lot, right? It just kept hitting me in the face. And so like that's what you know, and home started it when he came in, like putting this JV team together at Augustana it people might view that as like oh i think i should be playing right at the varsity <laughs> level but it's a good opportunity to get your feet wet without feeling like it's so much right at once right i mean should i remember the first time going into a conference game right i, I feel like it was at UND and their student section was ruthless right and you're just like okay <laughs> This is what it is now. Right. You know, and it, it, that's a lot for anybody to, you know, kind of come into as a 18, 19 year old. So those JV programs are worth their weight in gold. I have to imagine. Yeah. But
1: no, it's, it's, you, you said the right word, opportunity. It's all about opportunities. And I, I, I mean, I'm a story guy. I could tell you a story after stories after stories of what JV has looked like for us. And, yeah. um, you know, the most recent one is, is a really good one. We are our, our three hole hitter in last year's world series team was a freshman for us. Mm-hmm. And he got some starts really in, in his, uh, in last year's season. And, you know, we knew he could hit a little bit, didn't have a position. And the way I tell my JV story now with him, uh, Parker Mooney was his name is, Um, Parker got some opportunities, didn't do a ton with it early in our season. And he was a freshman, you know, had to figure it out on a good team, a good program. And um, he then had to go play JV for a while, partly because he just needed to get, get some swings in, but also we needed to figure out a position he could play to help us. You know, it's not DH only. And so he played some second base and we're like, good enough. It'll work, you know, and <laughs> by, 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 the end of our, uh, and Parker would appreciate that. He's, he, he does fine a second, but he's not a, a defensive stalwart. He's, he's sure. an offensive second baseman. Um, but, but yeah, we get to the end of our year and he was one of our hottest hitters. And again, we're in the world series and I'm playing a freshman. Um, you know, I, I, I think we didn't play second. I think he was mainly DH at that point, but either way we got him back in the lineup and, um, hit hit third and you know I mean, on that team. Yeah. There's bat, a lot of stories but that's a good one.
0: Batting 3 as a freshman in the college world series is uh you're doing something right, right? Yeah. Um yeah. and so uh, you know, if we dive into that, you know, I'm assuming like he had he faced some adversity and maybe like JV was an opportunity for him to kind of like figure it out, right? Like hey, let's take you out of that lineup, put you in this one. Let you get yeah. your your mojo back or whatever, you know, the kids call it these days. And then he gets another yeah. opportunity and it's, you know, lights out.
1: Yeah. That, that's what JV's all about. And I, yeah. I tell our guys, you, you should dominate, you should dominate JV, you know, and it should look different uh, mm-hmm. than every, everybody else you're playing against. And sometimes it's not the success per se. It's the, re, the results are important, but it's more about the process and what it looks like. Are you hitting balls hard? Are you taking good swings or, sure. you, you know, because baseball's you start worrying about the results and you're, you're going to be in trouble. It's, it's, you know, just take, do things the right way, and, right. and so he did. He did a lot of that, you know. Just made some adjustments. wasn't swinging in this as quite, quite as much. And again, it, it just was an opportunity thing, you know. I, we needed to have an opportunity, and I, I think the other cool thing I say this a lot, I, like I think just about every time we sit down with a recruit now, I make a comment that JV's there for your opportunity. And the, and the cool part about it is, if us as head coaches and assistant coaches, if we think that that kid's not ready yet, and we tell him that in January, right, like who the heck knows when you're in taking swings in the cage against the pitcher or a pitcher facing the hitter, that's not game action. You're, you're not, your feet isn't in the dirt yet and your, your heartbeat's Mm -hmm. not moving. And so you just, you just don't know. Um, and, And maybe it takes a little bit more time. And so again, I always say, if, if I think that you're not ready and I tell you that the awesome thing is when I'm wrong, it helps our team. You know, like we get better as a program because that kid proved he was ready to do it. And now we throw him in our lineup. It's like, Holy crap, this is sweet. Sure. You know, we just got better because of the opportunity that, that he took advantage of. And Absolutely. it certainly doesn't work for everybody. There's some guys that have terrible JV years and you know, maybe they have a good JV stretch and they get one or two starts on varsity and they just suck. And well, that was the end of that. Go back yeah. to <laughs> for the rest of the year.
0: But <laughs> I love that's it. that. Yeah. I mean, that that's baseball, right? Like, unfortunately, um, uh, so, so again, you, you know, you had JV, you come in at the end of the year and then, you know, obviously you said you redshirted, but like, what was the rest of your time? Like a Bancato, right? Like from afar, um, as mentioned previously, you guys were a power, you were a problem. I think we beat you once my freshman year, which I have, you know, and then I'm looking and you know, they were close games, but you know, we, we could never get over the hump of Mankato, yeah. right, and that was kind of what we were trying to start to measure ourselves by. We felt like we were – we had the talent, we had the arms, we had the players. Um, it was just kind of learning how to win and learning how to take that next step, and we, we just never got there uh, during my time. We had good years but never got over that hump. Um, so what was it like for you guys kind of, uh, I guess I'd say, like walking around the NCC, which we got to talk about that. And how ridiculous that conference was um walking around the ncc just knowing like yeah we got the biggest sticks we got you know really good arms and we know we're gonna win every weekend obviously you don't all the time but what was that like you know share that experience with me yeah it was a lot of
1: fun it was a party for basically five years uh, (laughs) literally and figuratively uh (laughs) A big difference between Augustana and Mankato, man. I mean, it was I, I told somebody this in recruiting, I must have been a family I felt comfortable saying this, but I said the difference now um to then is or, or Augie to Mankato is I, this is not a joke. There was a cup night every single night of the week in Mankato when I went sure. to school there. So you drank somewhere for five bucks yeah. all night long, every single night of the week. <laughs> so it wasn't just weekends. We were going out, we, we had some fun. Now, you know, we figured out what it looked like to be successful and know when to, when to say when, so to speak. Right. And I, I never, I never drank the night before a game, those kind of things, but certainly before some practices and, and days of the week, things like that. But yeah, um, let's circle back to the baseball piece. Yeah. I, I just, I think that, and I can see this now as a coach, just playing as day and um, Mankato just different swag, right? Just a different going about things. It's the confidence piece. It's, it's something I talk about a ton in coaching and we had it. We just mm-hmm. absolutely had it. We didn't think we were ever going to get beat by anybody Yeah, except for somebody by the name of central Missouri. We just couldn't beat those suckers. Um, and so that, that's kind of been another cool thing for me as a coach is we've had a nice little stretch against central Missouri the last few years. Heck and yeah. uh, all my buddies that are Mankato guys are pulling for Augustana because they're like, go beat central Missouri. You know, we could never beat those guys at their field. And, sure. um, no, so we, we just, we were close. Um, we hung out a, a pretty decent amount, had plenty of, plenty of time partying. But when when we hit the field, the confidence was there. We, we never were worried about, you know, losing games because you're certainly going to still lose. But I just think the confidence piece was such a big part of it. The, the gap, in my opinion, is I think back um, between the talent that we had compared to other schools, whether that's, you know, Augie or certainly NDSU had some stretches. South Dakota State had some players. Um, you know, not to skip other programs, no. but there yeah. was some good other teams in the NCC as you referenced. Absolutely. And it, it but we just, we just had an it factor. Sure. You know, I, I we just found a way to, to win. I, I think the difference for me, for us back then to what Mankato has been the last 10, 12 years and, and they've gotten better. Uh, cause I kind of called out their coach a little bit, but the last, 10, 12 years, they were really good, but they just, it was annoying. They just were stupid and idiots and sounded bad. Everybody hated probably Mankato when you guys played against us back in the day, Sure, but we just, we weren't, we didn't do stupid stuff. We, we were, we were assholes. Like we were absolutely on you and you know, but it wasn't just chanting and some of the the crap that you see now. They're um, doing that like softball style. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, just, I mean, there, there was one year where, uh, they had a boombox. They they never did this against us because I probably would have went over and smashed the boombox myself as a head coach. But they had a boombox in the dugout between innings. They're playing music and dancing and just I, wow. I I just couldn't believe it. I yeah I had one moment where we were playing them. It's probably Tony Vigor was the the reason I went over there. The the story of why it happened. But so he I'll tell you the story. So they they this was a more recent Mankato thing and. Um, It just got, it got to be embarrassing as an alum, frankly. And and so we were playing at Mankato. I don't know if you remember Tony Vigar and all the name, but Mm -hmm. he was, he was a stud for us. He was a finalist for player of the year, his senior year. And, but anyways, he had a pop-up to first base and it was one of those high pop-ups and he had plenty of time to get to first about when the ball was arriving. You probably know where this is going. They had this big, huge first baseman by the name of uh, Stetson something whatever his last name was and in and there was a collision at first and Vigor didn't intentionally hit him yeah. but he absolutely did not try to get out of the way so it's oh. kind of one of those balls that's coming down sure. and it drifted the first baseman into the into the uh the line as he's catching it and Tony kind of put a shoulder as he's running through he's sure. a football player Hoggy too and yeah. anyway so he he's playing third base there in the third base dugout he goes out in between innings to field ground balls and I'm not kidding you within about a 10 foot section of the the the, th- the left field side of their dugout, every single player on their team was hanging out in that corner and screaming at the top of their lungs at Tony bigger. Sure. While he's fielding ground balls, between he's throwing, you know, throwing the first and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It was the, and it was the same year. The NCAA put in a new rule that you can't bench jockey, you know? And I'm like, I look at the umpire. I'm like, what are you doing? like? That's literally the definition of bench shocking. Finally, yeah. after this goes on for three minutes, he goes over and warns their bench and yeah. So, so sure enough, I'm, I'm like, after that half inning, we're on offense again, I, I walk over to their dugout and, and, and their, their head, their head coach was there, Matt Moggers and, and a couple assistants at the time. And I go, Hey, and I'm just heated. My heart's beating. And I said, D- do you condone this? You know, he looks at me, he's kind of laughing, you know, he thought I was just joking around. I said, no, I'm serious. Is this, this okay for you? You think this is, this is a good look. Yeah. And he kind of, he didn't say anything. And I said, I, I just would tell you right now as an alum, this is embarrassing. You know, it's nothing to do with what our guy did or you guys are doing, but this is not how it's supposed to be done. You, you, you know, you have some fun, you get on each other a little bit, but it it shouldn't look like this, you know? Anyway, I think back in the day when, when I was there to, I'm sorry if I'm getting long-winded, but no. It, we were just one about our business a little bit differently and yeah. um they're, they're still really good and I think that they've made some changes in a good way the last handful of years, but yeah. there was a stretch there it was just it wasn't good.
0: Yeah, that blows my mind that um that would be the the route a team would take to try and like get back at somebody, right? I and I I'm sure it was the same for you. Like somebody like does something like that to one of your teammates. Well, either the next guy up or when he comes back up, you know, you get the middle finger, right? And you yeah. put one in his back, right? Like that's the, that's the message, right, is don't do that again, right? Okay, you know, not we're going to act like kids and idiots. And, you know, I'm, su- I'm sure they weren't saying, hey, don't do that to him, right? You know, they're yelling all sorts of obscenities and shit that's wildly inappropriate. Like, I don't know, that's strange to me that that's not, the route that was taken, they chose to go that way. Yep. Do you yeah. see and that? Again, I, I, I'm glad it got better. It has, yeah. you know,
1: and so I, I'm kind of glad I did say something because whether sure. I should or shouldn't have, I just, it was more, it was less about me as a coach and competing against that team. It was like as an alum. I remember sure. talking to Paul Blanchard about this, who's, you know, he's a baseball guy through and through. I'm like, Blanch, what do you think? You know, because he would say the same thing. Other teams are playing them. And he goes, yeah, you're an alum. I'm like, good point why wouldn't I say something, you know? So that was more of the message is just, Hey, I, you know, it just as a, not a fellow coach, but a a guy that used to play here.
0: Like you guys are really good. You don't need to do it this way. Sure. 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 Um, What were some of your favorite memories playing at, at Mankato? Uh, And I've asked this to all the guys of like their time playing college ball, you know, are they on field? Are they off field? But And I don't need the stories if they're off-field, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, But, you know, I know for, like, me and my group, um, we all have, like, a baseball memory or two, but I think almost resoundingly when I've talked to them, it's all the stuff off the field. It's the bus rides. It's the hotels. It's messing around on a Friday and Saturday night. You know, it's the off-season where you go to winter training in the morning and then you don't have class that day, so you start drinking at 10 and doing stupid stuff, right? Like, that's the stuff yep. we all, like – almost came out first. And then it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, I hit three bombs one game or, you know, I beat so-and-so and it's like, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, though, I mean, from as far as memories go, I, I remember all of that stuff extremely vividly. Yeah. I couldn't tell you who pitched against us no. or who, you know, like I have to look back sometimes at, you know, Matt Wilber, Derek only pitched against, they faced me in a game. I had no clue. Sure. You know that they, they, they claim they remember some stuff like that. I I never, I don't. So yeah, the, the baseball memories, there's certainly some stuff um, down at central Missouri. I remember some of those things, the regional tournament stuff the get a chance to go to the world series, which we we never did. We were in a regional, um, you know, all four years that I played, but we just never could get over the hump. So, I mean, I remember some of those for sure. There's very few, Baseball specific memories. There's very few like personal stories of what I did on the field. I don't remember a ton. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, there are multiple off the field things that I are are vividly etched yeah. in my mind. Or, you know, I remember something like a uh, if you know who Brady Ranweiler is from Newall, Minnesota. Um, Brady's a year older than I am, but okay. we played, you know, three, three years together and, and he's another competitor, we just love to give Brady crap, but he, he hated that kind of thing. He sure. was so focused and serious. And this is a, a good story that, again, I don't remember how the game, what the score was or anything, but you know, parents always give you food in between, um, you know, double headers and, yeah. or they did for us. Our parents do now. And, and, uh, somebody took a one of those sandwiches, like a bun, and a uh, ham sandwich and put in Brady's glove. He's our first baseman. And and somebody, I think he made the last out or whatever. They drop his glove off at first base and he's picks it up to kill the ball. The infielders we're all in the duck. We're kicking the crap out of somebody in this game. And, and, um and he, uh, he just sees the sandwich and chucks it and he is just fired up and we're just dying laughing sure, and just having, having a blast, you know? Absolutely. And, um, so, so it's, yeah, it's stuff like that, that that's kind of how we went about our business, but we, Again, when, when the game got going, we, we were really focused. Yeah, so. of course. But, yeah, there's a bunch of those kind of stories that I, I remember really, really well. I
0: yeah. think that's what's, like, um, probably one of the cooler things about playing college athletics, right, is you get to this level where it's a bunch of dudes with talent and um, not necessarily, like, you feel like you've made it or you've reached your pinnacle by any stretch, uh, but it just kind of feels like you're with your people and yeah. – everybody kind of is going to go about their business. And so it's, it's less about on the field and it's more about like creating those bonds and being a team and, you know, becoming a family and a unit. And like, you all know you're working in that direction. And like, that's the stuff that bonds you is, you know, those off the field memories. Cause you know, even though it's a team sport, baseball is very individual result, you know, result driven game, right. Where, as you mentioned, if somebody's not performing, they're out. If a pitcher, you know, has a couple bad starts, they're going to get sat down. They're not in the rotation. You know, you're coming in relief. You're giving up bomb. Like it's, it's very individual, right? So you, it, it, it's tough to, as a teammate, feel like you're all working together when it's one person performing at a time, right? Even though you are a team and you're working together towards this ultimate goal, right? Whereas, like you know, in foot you were a football guy, right? If if ten guys are doing it and one isn't. It's it's impacting everything on the field on, in one play, whereas it's not that way in baseball, right? So I, I, I've always kind of felt like that that it's that's how you get that bond is by having that closeness off the field, you know.
1: Yeah, it's it's a huge. It's again, I, I just it's funny all my stuff that you're bringing up. It's what we talk about in recruiting. It's I I, I use the you know the the buzzword nowadays is culture. You For know, sure. everybody talks with the coach or, you know, what's yeah. your culture like? You have to have good culture. And, and I kind of laugh about it. We do. I mean, our culture is un- unbelievable at Augustana, but I always say to recruits and their families, you know, if, if some other coach talks about their culture is good and guys get along and they, do, they hang out and all this stuff, I always say, ask them how, like ask them specifically what that looks like. Sure. Um, what, what you're saying is, is spot on. And, and the best teams, theirs is really, really good typically. Um, but yeah, I, 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 think that it's not just about the successes. You're right. It's the lifelong. That's what I try to talk about as a coach yeah. with our players. It's the lifelong stuff that you gain out of this whole process, Absolutely. uh, your buddies and all, you know, forever, not just, just yeah. this year, but giving yourself a better chance to have success on the field, I think has a big big part of what you're talking about also so for sure yeah we have some very intentional things that we do to help the the culture piece and the, you know i referenced one thing hanging out is, is a big one for me and mm-hmm. helping our guys understand how to do that and what it looks like and yeah you know get, getting on the guys that aren't you know i always say if they're if there's some kids at augie don't like to drink that's great good for them you know i i did i drank plenty yeah. in, in college we hung out a lot but you don't have to, you don't have to do that. But you, in my opinion, I always say, you still, you still have to hang out with the guys that do like to have a few beverages For and, sure. you know, I maybe be the, the voice of reason in that group. Yeah. So.
0: Um, when we were there, we did, we, uh, I'm sure Kirsch and Sevy and Omi and those guys have told you about like the Augie Olympics. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's still going on. I, you know, <laughs> I hope it is. Cause it was incredible. No comment. It, it was an incredible experience. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we had, you know, so we came in with 8, right? Well, 5 6 of us were, you know, like-minded, hardcore, what day is yeah. it? It ends in a y. Let's go, right? Whereas there were two who were a little bit more straight-edged. They still jumped in and they you know, they were a part of. It. They were drinking milk, which had yeah. to be worse in, right. <laughs> in that scenario yeah. compared to beer. But they were still a part of it, and that's that was all that matters. Like, yeah, that's cool, man. You don't want to partake go for it, man. But just be here, run around with us, act dumb. You know, nobody's going to get hurt. It's just, it's that experience together, uh, that yep. does it. And it, it's so true. It's so true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those uh, are important things. It's it, the stuff should happen. You know, you, some of those type of things are, are getting bad. There's some bad press going on right now with, sure. with people making bad decisions, you know? And yeah. so now as head coach, we have to talk about that. And, I don't get into a ton of depth with, with our guys either, but it's just to make them cognizant. Don't do, you know, nobody should do anything they don't want to do other than that. Hang out, have fun. Right.
0: Correct. Um, Correct.
1: you have to, I, I think that, I think the, the good thing is is most of those type of things are still being allowed to happen. It's just, again, some kids are, are, and, and think about this. If we had social media and all the stuff that back when
0: we were in school, yeah. Ooh, yeah. A little bit different. So I, I am, I am thankful that that did not exist, same right? Like, oh, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine dealing with that as a kid today. Like all yep. the stuff that you have to worry about surrounding that, and how much trouble it can get you in unintentionally. You know, even if you're just like filming a buddy, and then something stupid is happening in the background, it's like, oh crap, right? So, oh, thank God, and it's there
1: forever. It's not going away,
0: right? Thank God. Um, you. <sighs> So, so you graduate Mankato, and you you talked a little bit about your journey. Like, did you did you have an itch while you were at Mankato to try to get into coaching, or did did you just want to stay around baseball?
1: Yeah, good question. I, back then, so I was a sports management major. I, I think okay. you know, in that era, the the PE jobs, high school PE were pretty saturated. There just wasn't probably going to be a lot of, so I didn't, and I didn't probably want to student teach either. So
0: um,
1: I I did sports management and I I thought I would be, you know, whether it be a teacher coach, a high school coach, I didn't have any, I guess, visions at that point of being a college guy, but I, yeah, I knew I would be involved with coaching. I actually, this is kind of a funny story. My senior year, I, I was a fifth year. And, you know, one of the guys that's, uh, certainly going to play that year. And uh, that fall, I I don't remember how many practices I made, not very many. So I coached back in Belle Plaine. My, my middle brother was a high school senior that year, really good running back D back and Belle Plaine had a pretty good football team. And I loved football and I went back and helped coach most days. You know, okay. I would go to practice and then certainly Friday nights I was there. So, um, but, but yeah, I, I, again, I, 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 I had a pretty good idea. I was going to coach. I didn't think I would get to the college side of things. And like sure. I said, that's where Matt parent and I was working at uh Silgen containers and, in, in Savage just a can plant working, you know, 12 hour shifts and making pretty good money right out of college doing yes. this crappy job. But um, it was perfect. I, I said, this is something I do not want to do. And I, I volunteered coach whenever I could. And, yeah. and yeah, I, that, that, it just clicked for me and said, I I love this. I I love every part of it. And, um, let's get out of
0: this full-time job and go get paid. Absolutely nothing to be a GA for two years. (laughs) So, so what was your first gig again? Was it the, the D's, or DCTC or DCTC?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I got paid, I got a stipend at, at SMSU and down at Southwest in yeah. Marshall. Um, so I got paid down there a little bit, but then I'll, oh, frankly, I didn't get paid that much more at Dakota County tech DCTC. Yeah. Uh, so it in Rosemount. Yeah. But I was a head coach, you yeah. know, I got to be a head coach. And at that point I just felt I was ready to do it and, you know, jumped in with both feet and put a ton of time in, even though I didn't get paid squat. Um, you know, I, I worked my tail off and put in a ton, a ton of hours. Sure. Um, didn't care what I was getting paid. I just was going to make it work. And
0: um, I, I guess that's just kind of, that's who I am. Yeah. So well, I, you, I didn't know any different. And you had success, which is, which is awesome. What was yeah. like the, especially DCTC, right? Cause I mean, if you're GA, right. Like you, you obviously have some part to do in the program, but it's not your program. Right. So you get, you get up to the cities and you're running the show, right? What was that like for you year one versus two? And, you know, what were the hardest things to kind of figure out as a coach other than I had to do everything?
1: <laughs> um, boy, th- those years seem like forever ago, which they were. Um, I-, I think, well, for-, for me, I think part of the reason I, I think I've always been fairly successful is y- you got to find the right people, you know, the recruiting yep. piece of the puzzle, the-, the talent side of it. And, and then development, you know, I still, to this day, we talk about development a ton. I, I just, I don't know what it is. I've been blessed, I guess, with an eye for seeing things and being able to help people, um, you know, improve and, and some of that's the body. Um, so, I, I mean, the, the challenges, I guess um, we're figuring out how to put it all together with, you know, so for us, we didn't have any dorms, you know, we're a technical college. So every oh. half of our team at that point went to Inver Hills community college, just sure. north of, of Dakota County tech. And then, another quarter went to DCTC and they were welders and mechanics and line workers. And, you know, so their schedules are all weird. So the hardest part probably back then was figuring out, I knew, I knew what it looked like to help guys get better, but how do I have the ability to get them into this crappy little weight room? And when can we do that? And we didn't have, we didn't have an indoor facility. Um, so I mean, we, we would do before plyo balls were plyo balls we would do weighted ball throws in a hallway at at dctc and so just finding spaces and i I mean i had no idea how to put together that type of programming in in the space we have so I, i think that for me even to this day really elevated me as a coach to figure out those little things. Like, like it's the do more with less kind yeah. of a, you know, attitude and sure. everywhere I've been, even Augie, people think, "Oh, you guys have everything. No, we don't. Our budget sucks. We, yeah. we've worked our tail off to get the facilities we had. And, and, and thankfully to some awesome alums and parents and some people that have you know, help us along the way, but we don't have a great situation in Augustana as far as budgets and dollars coming in. And so again, we have to find a way to do more with less. Yeah. Um, so, so that's really what I, I had to learn as a head coach for the first time without a lot of, you know, stuff yeah, and, Without a lot
0: of resources. Yeah. Yep. Incredible. Um, did you, when you took that on that, I'm assuming wasn't like the goal right? Like you to stay there forever. Obviously you're going to do your best at the time there, but you know, with, with all due respect to the, to, to them, you know, I don't think that's any baseball players dream, um, or coaches. Right. Um, so, For so sure. where was, what was your aspirations other than, Hey, I'm in, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, we're going to do the best we can. Where were you hoping to go with your coaching career?
1: Well, I, I think that, Um, you know, ideal world back then I'm a Mankato alum. I'm in the twin cities. It's get back to Mankato. You know, coach Boyer eventually is going to be done coaching. And right. um, That, that certainly would have been the, the right. I mean, pretty, pretty cool for me. Right. And, yeah, so, re- so really, what's kind of ironic is that job opens the same year that this one ended up opening. Now, that one was way, way sooner and earlier, and I knew I wasn't going to be a. You know, Matt Moggers had been an assistant for Coach Boyer at Mankato for I don't know, six, say six, seven, eight years, whatever it was. Correct. And I, I'm still kind of cutting my teeth, so to speak, as a head coach. I, at that point, I was only in my third year, fourth year, whatever that was. And
0: yeah.
1: Anyway, um, but yeah, that that would be the answer. I didn't have. You know, those goals or aspirations of being at LSU or even Minnesota, for that matter, sure. um, as a head okay. coach, I just thought it'd be pretty cool to maybe someday get back to be the head guy at Mankato yeah. and be close to home and, you know, run, run the show there. And, sure. um, but yeah, I, 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 yes, I was not going to stay at DCTC, especially because I wasn't, it wasn't a full-time position, right. never was, in know, right. four years, yeah. so. So, um, not, so I was never chasing money. I've never chased money in in my career, maybe as I get older, you know I have a wife and I got a three and a half year old now so it's that's maybe slightly different but sure
0: and I mean like i I think baseball is one of those sports, like obviously there's money in baseball, well aware of that right when you get to very cert- specific levels, but you know for the vast majority of those who ever pick up a ball and a glove and a bat, it is purely for the love of it and if you can figure out a way to get paid or go to college because of it or extend your career in amateur ball like you are doing it out of a passion for the game and and you just love being around it so if you are truly trying to you know hey i'm gonna get into coaching baseball because i want to be rich (laughs) whoo yeah that's a long and tough road probably filled with a lot of disappointment ahead of you so absolutely um so so Mankato opens, or mm-hmm. I'm assuming at this point it's Minnesota State. <clears throat> yep. Um, and Augie opens in the same year, not the same time. You know what's going through your head as your? I, I hope you got an interview at Man- Mankato. No, so so actually, what they kind of
1: just handed it to, to Matt Moggers. There's there's two there's two kind of cool stories here. Number one. Yeah. I think it was the year before, and I I haven't told this story a ton. Some people pretty close to me know the story, but uh, but I actually interviewed – or didn't – yeah, I interviewed – I I didn't get an on-campus interview for the Minnesota Crookston job, okay, Okay. of all places. Now, again, I I was a younger head coach, but they were awful, 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 so bad. Yeah. And, and part of the reason I think is why well, I don't think I know that they, they hired a person. Cause he had some, a background in sports information. That was part of the job duties. And it's like, okay, you Can going to hire somebody because of their job duties outside of baseball. And it, you know, it, so anyways, I didn't get that even an on-campus interview and, and they went winless for a few years. Um, <laughs> which is kind of, again, I laugh about it. Sure. Um, and, and so then the next year, um, yeah, well, uh, let's see. So Mankato went first because Boyer knew he was retiring, you know, before that season even ended. So I, I think the school, if I remember the exact details already, had either announced, I yeah, I think they had to open it up, but Matt Mogers was the guy. And I actually had some conversation with Matt about being his assistant coach okay. at Mankato. I, I didn't know if I wanted to even do it or not because I I like being a head guy and that's sure. just my personality. But, it, again, my alma mater he's a pitching guy i'm a hitting guy this can work right and we had some discussions and he actually picked somebody else you know he went with a guy by the name of adam christ and adam did a good job and was Sika native and <clears throat> so i don't know if he just matt didn't want to have the old alum come in there because
0: he was an sdsu alum um,
1: i was gonna say like that
0: that name feels very familiar yeah he's he's a see
1: matt would have been a ninety. Oh, 93 or 94 high school grad from Sibley East, Minnesota. Okay. And then once went to South Dakota State and he was there for three years and uh, ended, ended up getting drafted and was left handed pitcher, really good yeah. pitcher.
0: But from Maybe SDSU. it's Kirsch talking about him or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't want uh, a Mankato. Well, we don't know. Um, Who
1: knows? Yeah. I, my gut tells me there's maybe something in there. Sure. um Sure. Concern in his mind of, you know, that, that, that pressure of having an alum on, sure. on staff. And I, I don't know, but yeah, he had hired Adam and Adam did a really good job. Adam's the other recruiting coordinator at, at Illinois now. And, um but yeah, so that's, so I didn't get it. And I'm like, okay, I'm staying at, at, at DCTC. And then it was middle ish of the summer, maybe later than that. And, and and I won't get into the details of how it all transpired, but they were, they were, they were going to hire somebody else. And that yep. person ended up not, I think they offered it. He didn't, he backed out at the last minute and so the job opened up and it was me and one other guy that interviewed and, and I got it. And, um, yeah, I guess the rest It's year 16 now. So.
0: What was that interview process like, um, to get to Augie, right. Uh, story, you know, that whole situation aside, I know home talked about it a little bit and, um, yeah. but yeah, like what was, what was the interview process like for you, you know, going through the school? Did you talk to players, Were you interviewing them? Like, is this where I want to? Because obviously, you know who they were. uh, But yeah, what was that process like?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I I had a pretty good idea. I actually knew a ton of guys on the team. Some were from the Twin Cities. Some were guys I had recruited at DCTC. Um, So I was pretty familiar with their team. I I even wrote up something that I brought with on my interview, uh, on campus interview, just. Hey, this is the team. This is my coaching philosophy. This is what we would do differently. I, I know some of your guys and I gave that to the administration in my interview, I, I did meet with the players um, and had a, I thought it went well, clearly it went really well. Um, the other guy was a little bit older, um, sure. you know, so maybe just different personalities and what they were looking for, for a coach. And, and they, they just wanted to change, you know, again, they had a couple years there after Jeff uh, left after Homer left that, yeah, didn't go how they hoped. And so they wanted some fresh, uh, ideas and I, I, had them, I had a plan of attack and what it was going to look like. And, um, yeah, it was a different level, but I was, I was ready. I was really ready for that position, you know, having four years as a head coach at DCTC and yeah. doing everything, like I said. And, um, so yeah, it, it just, it was a, it was a typical full day interview and you meet all the committees and, you know, the, sure. you know, the AD and the president and, um it it was it was really good you know i i I think that the only difference for a baseball job is you don't have the the big um media day that after you get announced (laughs) right other other than that it was a typical whole day interview and yeah through the whole thing
0: um is and so like when you get the call how you know what what's your what's going through your head like it's super excited. Can't wait to like, let's go. Like, I'll see you later, honey. I'll be down there, pack the stuff. Like I'll meet you there. Like what's, what's going through your head.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I couldn't get started soon enough. I was, I was, I was pretty excited. It it just was so different from a Minnesota junior college setting to, you know, knowing the league and, and the, and the teams and, um, a lot of the coaches, frankly, that were, that were coaching in the conference already knew a lot of them. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I, I just was, I was fired up and, and just, <laughs> I just hit the ground running and unfortunately it was so late. I didn't get, I mean, we just had this, the, the group that was there is what we had. Sure. Um, I always say I, I was so fortunate. My first year the senior class was, they, they were awesome. They just were really good dudes. Certainly had some talent Had um, had zero success you know yeah. the the likes of the the Jake Poles and the Mike Lobergs and the Bryce Arnts. Um, you know they left the program a, a year or two earlier, so I wish we would have had those guys. Um, tried to tried to maintain the roster. That was a, the first step. You know I called everybody, and sure, uh, sure enough, um, got a guy by the name of Tom Schmidt, who was probably their most talented pitcher at the time, returning big left handed pitcher who was going to transfer to UNO and wasn't able to keep him and, and, and in conversations though with the, the current players who were coming back, that, that was probably a, um, a good thing uh, sure. just personality stuff and whatever else. But yeah. I, I just knew he was really talented. And I, at that point, I'm like, as a young head coach. Like I want to be yeah. good here. Like, let's right. get yeah, this you guy wanna... to
0: come back. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, but no, I, I literally hit the ground running. I, I couldn't get there fast enough. And, and I worked a ton and, you know, just figuring out, you know, now it's all of a sudden you, you you have a budget and you got to balance things. And it's, so, so there was definitely not stress. I never felt stressed that first year, just a lot, a lot of new and sure. kind of figuring that out. And I talk a lot about, I still talk about it to this day. That first year it was, you, you, you kind of referenced this earlier, getting the guys to understand what it looked like to be successful. Sure. Um, and, and I will share, share a story that first year. Um, it wasn't the first game of the year. It was the, I think the first home game though, um, I, I tell this story a lot and I think it was Ian Strum and maybe Drew off where, you know, the the pregame stuff, guys were done with I.O. and um, the other pitchers warming up the bullpen and, and our guys are just the, again, good dudes and there, there was some talent there, but they were just screwing around in front of the dugout and, and playing the game where you, you take a cup and you pretend you're playing tennis or badminton or whatever and the sure. You know, and yep. and they're going back and forth, and the entire dugout is watching these two goofballs. You know, and in front, and and Strom had a way of guys watching him and enjoying that, and myself included. Uh, yeah. Love Strom. Uh, I just kind of I sat there and watched him, and I think we got beat that day, and or maybe I flipped out before the game. I can't remember. I just. I've had some of these situations <laughs> where I calculated and I just let them have it. I'm like, you guys have no clue what it looks like to be successful. You realize there's a pitcher warming up before the game, and you you know, so this is what it looks like to prepare and learn something before we start playing here. You know, and sure. Um, so that again, it's just a really simple story of how good people, baseball talent, but just didn't know how to prepare differently to expect to win. They they just. They never had a problem with having fun. They did an awesome job. Like, they, it's what they say you play baseball to have fun, right? And, and they did. Sure. Hey, let's, let's maybe win a few more games while we're having some fun here.
0: And they're pitchers. We're weird folks, right? Like,
1: we're not in the game all the time.
0: So we, we invent ways (laughs) to entertain ourselves.
1: These guys guys are position guys. Oh, no. Oh, no. Our starting middle infielder, second base shortstop, (laughs) two of our best players. And like, hey, Wake up here. Let's get ready to go.
0: Okay. Well, no excuses then. You should have let them have. No, absolutely. None. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, you know, you mentioned like getting them to, you know, to buy in and learn what what it takes to be successful. Was that uh, an uphill battle, like trying to put, this is two questions. Was it an uphill battle to put your stamp on the program? And then what is your stamp, right? Like what's the, what's the Huber stamp on Augustana Baseball? Like if you had to like boil it down to one thing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's still there. We hear this all the time. It's, you know, athletic guys being aggressive on the field, just, just certainly from an offensive perspective. So, and it was easy to just look, look at the offensive side of things. Those first few years for me, cause we had no pitching Our pitching. was so bad. Um, I, I just, it was, I shouldn't say that it's mean. There were, there were a few talented pitchers, zero depth. We just had yeah. no pitching depth. Um, but but yeah, the the stamp was just playing differently, you know, being aggressive, um, understanding what it looked like to take advantage of situations that were presented. And, And I, and I still think our team does an awesome job of that now. And people will tell you, they don't like playing against us because of how we do play. And we started that right away that first year, just the easiest thing to look at are stolen base numbers. If you look at stolen base numbers before I arrived on campus, to just that first year. And again, keep in mind, it was the entire team that was the same. I don't know the numbers. It's 15 years ago, but, um, I want to say they sold like, this is a, a guesstimate, but I want to say like 20, 25 bases the year before. And we had drew height sold stole that by himself the next year, our team sold almost a wow. hundred something, you know, it, sure. it, this was a so change the, in the approach to things was a big part. Um, yeah. We, you know, I, th- I think the training, they did some training things differently and um, we, we were picked the, the cool part. The cool story. I do remember this. We were picked last in the conference that year mm-hmm. just because they were so bad the year before. And sure. you know, what, what am I going to do? What are, what are me and our staff going to do to show up? Mark Morardi I brought in as pitching coach and he was really, really good. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but what, what are we going to do to change things with the same players, sure. you know, minus a couple of the better guys that transferred. Yeah. Um, Anyways, we ended up uh, one of the last conference weekends. I got a bath at, at home. Uh, got the Gatorade bucket dumped over me because we we qualified for the conference tournament. You know, so we were back then. I don't know if it was top six. I don't even remember what it was. But we went from picked last to making the tournament, which was a, just a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. So it was fun. So fun first year.
0: And it did it. Did you feel like there were some guys on the team that you kind of had to target to say, all right, there was, that, that's a dude, that's a dude, that's a dude, that I got to get on my bus moving in the same direction as me and I know I'll get the rest, or was it, no, guys, I'm walking in, here's everything, here's what we're doing, buy in or get out. I'm just, uh, no, they- and I find that, and the, the reason I ask that, right, is like, you know, you see a lot of these videos now about coaches and, like, how they try to do things. And, you know, Dion's all up in everything right now and how he walked into Colorado, right? And this is what I'm doing. You guys ain't it. Get out, right? Like, what was your strategy there? Because it is, it, it does have to be one. They don't know you from Adam, right? Yeah. No, I. That's where I was really lucky. Again, our senior class that year was awesome. They just were good
1: people. They did. They wanted to win. Like they wanted it bad, and they just. So picture, you know, your junior, sophomore, well, for sure, junior, senior year, but even to some extent, your sophomore year, like the program's a big deal. How you do is a big deal. Your freshman year, you're like whatever, you know. So these guys, the middle of their career, their sophomore, junior year, they just had. It's yeah. just such a bad, bad experience, you know, and no success. So now they're seniors, and they wanted to have a great final year experience, and they were bought in. and And again, we did have some really good talent um, on that that year's team, so um, it made it easy for me. But you know, th- these guys would probably laugh. Me, me being me, I pushed hard. Like I pushed them really hard. And and, and I, again, I won't tell you who it who it was, but there was a pitcher on that year's team who he needed to figure some things out for lack of a a better way to put it, but he was our best pitcher. And, um, I remember we were on the road, it's our first road trip and this kid pitched for us and he, I, you know, I think the I don't remember the exact details of it, but I remember he, he gave up a hit, somebody made an air behind him and he gives the old, you know, roll the head, the eyes, all stuff we've talked about. Sure. And then the next guy hits either a double or a triple. And he kind of, he's, he's all, you know, he still has that mindset and he's on the mound. He barely got off the mound. Eventually, he kind of took a couple steps towards our dugout to back up third. We're in the third base dugout on the road. And I, I just was fired up. I went out to the mound and I just lit him up. I'm like, if you ever do that again, you are not playing for me uh, on this baseball team. And so yeah. that, that night I called in a few of those seniors. I don't remember if it was the whole team or just, you know, a few of the core guys that were regular guys starters, but I, I literally told them that night, I said, I, I'm just going to tell you guys right now. And if you don't trust me, go ahead and call me on this. If this kid can't make an adjustment, I'm kicking him off the team. He won't sure. play for us anymore. Like this is my first year. This is what it's going to look like but he's our best pitcher, So we don't have a lot of them. So I I really hope you guys are listening and you get this figured out. Like you kick him in a butt, help me out please. And and they did. And and he did, he was great. Um, He he was great as that year went along and he was a good teammate and the whole thing, but it just was not the expectation in the past. You know, they just, it it wasn't about the team, you know, and again, that kid didn't try to make an error. What no. are you doing, dude? Sure. You know, or heaven forbid he made an error. Don't give up a seed right after that in the gap. Pick him right. up. Yeah, so,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I,
1: again, I, to me, it was full coaching mode from, from day one, just having to help them understand what it looked like to change that thought process. Because in the past, they sure. probably has, saw the same thing from him, and they're just like, now nah, whatever, that's just him. I'm sure. Like, no, that's That's not That's not going to fly, you know? Sure we got to change this. So, but yeah, again, they, they were a great group. The talent was there. We had a kid by the name of Nate Bauman who was a sophomore that year and Nate still holds multiple hitting records, even though we've been unbelievable since Nate and and broke a lot of them, but he still holds some and he just was a dude. He was a sophomore. And so kind of you you take a guy like Nate and then some of those seniors and, and it was a really good start for us. And then uh, we brought in 22 guys the next year. Whoa. Um, it was, it was a push the reset button and push, push some uh, push things a little bit. And we got really fortunate. There was a few draft picks in that class. And, wow. um, yeah, we, 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 we got, we got lucky with a couple kids transfers and then high school guys. So that just set us up for success, you know, moving forward. What's, what's the
0: recruiting like process like for you, uh, at Augie, right? Like as a coach, right. I, I, be, I only experienced it as a player right? Um, And it's weird timing, as you mentioned, right? You know, like our theoretical best year in high school, you've already been recruited, right? You kind of already know where you're going prior to being able to play in the spring for the most part, right? So what's that kind of process look like for you? And what are you looking for uh, in a player to to say, hey, we want you to come here and, and, and be a part of our program?
1: Well, we are very different. As you know, Augustana compared to a Mankato, I I use Mankato as an example all the time and it's easy to do because I went there so I can, I can bang on some of the academic stuff because I'm an alum, (laughs) you know, Uh, we recruit a different person, a different academic focus. Uh, You know, I, I say this is an example I'll use. Last year in the fall when we signed our our freshman class, and it was a big one. I want to say there was like 13 or 14 that signed with us in November. The average GPA of that group is 3.95, the average, okay? That's just – that's, that's awesome. unheard of, you know? And so that, that's the kind of person we're looking for. And then, oh, by the way, we're trying to get back to a world series and these guys are, they need to be in a year or two division one type talent for us to have a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, it's the the cool part has been, and I didn't know this when I got the job because we can't recruit a, co- a lot of guys that the St. Clouds, the Mankatos, the Winonas can recruit. We just, we can't, mm-hmm. they don't fit or they they won't do well academically. And now it's a pain in my butt. Yeah. And so the cool part that I didn't know is there's enough good students out there. And then when you find those guys, they know that you're different than a public school. And so we just really focus hard on finding the right people academically, number one, that have some talent. And then we're our foots in the door, you know? And, and, And I think in the last five, six years, we won a national championship. We've had a lot more success. All the I think we're at 33 pro guys now in the last dozen years that since those things have started to occur, we can get our foot in the door in different States. Not that it's a huge thing, but the, we've got, you know, Arizona, we've had a kid or two. We've had a couple California guys or a couple Texas kids, you know, so sure. all of a sudden they were never going to look at us, but now when, when they do look at us, the stuff's pretty impressive. And then they see the academic piece of the puzzle and, um, so so yeah, it, it looks differently in recruiting. We have to, in my opinion, work a lot harder than some other schools because, as an example, if I go see a kid and, and another school goes and sees a kid and he's talented enough for us both to recruit, I have to ask a lot of other questions that that school just doesn't care about. You right. know, Always oh, a good player. We're going to recruit him. There. Like, Sometimes it's sure. funny. I'll be sitting with a coach from said academic or non-academic school. Hey, why aren't you recruiting Bobby? Do you know what his GPA is?
0: Because I do. And so we're not, we're Bobby, just not recruiting that yet. Yeah, Bobby, not real smart. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's going to, he's going to struggle here. Um, how, how do you go about like recruiting in the Texas, Arizona, California? Is that more, um, you're just kind of reaching out via letters and phone or, or are you seeing tape of them? What's that process? Because look, you know, I love Augie, but, you know, they're not made of money. I doubt you're flying down there to watch them play, you know, on the weekends and whatnot. All right, yeah, so so talk me through, like, what it's like to try and recruit a guy from Texas, California, or Arizona up to, let's just be honest, the middle of nowhere, South Dakota, right? I know Sioux Falls is a, it's a booming town, and I, I love that, but, man, yeah. I lived in Arizona, yeah. Uh, for six years when I was little like that was where like I fell in love with baseball and if you told me I could go from playing baseball outside for 10 months out of the year and we don't play in July and August because it's too hot to that I would look at you sideways and be like nah (laughs) I'm good I'm gonna find somewhere else so what's that process like like how does it happen what's the pitch you got to give them all that
1: well, the, uh, first of all, how it happens is I've got, I've, I've taken a couple of trips to Texas. Okay. Um, did you play with the Hollies at all or not? Oh yeah. Um, no, that we were yeah. the
0: same class. Like those are my guys.
1: There you go. There you go. So, um, uh, so that it started down there. I, I, you know, I got a, got in touch with one of them and
0: with Ross, yeah. it was,
1: Hey, I got a, I got a kid, you know, I'm like, well, you're in Texas, you know, how's that going to go? And. Long story short, uh, JT Mix ends up showing up on our campus. He started our national championship year as a freshman at second base and was a five-year starter, and um, that 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 was the connection. So it's, recruiting is kind of a funny world. Um, so to anyone out there listening right now, hey – keep doing what you guys are doing. Cause you know, uh, Ryan, that's been great. Adam Schmidt, your Fairmont guy. Adam's been great. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we're filling me in on, on guys. And anyways, that that's, so I, I did, we got a kid out of Texas. I spent a couple of years down there, you know, working on some other guys, um, Arizona, California, what, what's kind of transpired is there, there's also an event in, in Arizona every fall, uh, it's actually – I think it's this weekend or the following weekend. It used to be in October. They moved it up. But anyways, I've spent some time out there. They they do this academic showcase, and in addition to this big, huge tournament as well. Um, but but it's the, it's kind of that time of the year where they're high school seniors mm-hmm. and they're all un, un- uncommitted kids. Okay. And so I always say when you get to this time of the year, for me, in recruiting, it's trickled down to the point where – um, they probably have realized by now those kids, even if they're good players, the sec is not calling them anymore, you know? So
0: right.
1: now they're really willing to listen to other schools like us that they weren't previously. And so like, if I go out there and I see somebody we really like and watch them play and they're a good student, which they're the ones who are looking for, uh, we've had some good success getting kids from those different areas, okay. you know? And so, so that's kind of how that looks. And then the, the, the sales pitch, so to speak, um, say. I'll, and I'll,
0: <laughs> I'll give you a story.
1: Like? I'll give you a good example. Uh, Kai Taylor's in our program right now. He's an Arizona guy and, and Kai, I saw at this showcase and he was committed to a junior college. Sure. Um, but he didn't want to go to junior college again, good student wanted to be somewhere for four years. And yeah. Anyways, so we're talking and before he comes and visits campus, he goes, coach, I just got to ask, like, you guys have been really successful. How do you do that? You're, you know, it's cold <laughs> all year long. And, <laughs> you know, we're outside all year long here in Arizona, you know, I could go to this Juco here and play. And I said, Kai, honestly, um, I think that's part of the reason we're really good is we, we have to move into an off season. We have to move into a different time of the year. We can't play baseball all year long. And I think that in my opinion, schools that are in the South, they're in the, um, in the West coast, um, they have the ability to play outside all year long. But I, I think, those coaches that are really successful, either A, they get a bunch of transfer kids, and that's part, certainly part of it. Um, but, but they have to make a decision to move outside of playing games all year long. And I, I talk a lot about, I told Kai this, part of the reason I think we're really good is we have to develop our players and our the way our winters are and you move inside, you you have more of a focus on player development, getting in the weight room, all those kind of things, and less on just go play baseball, you know. So I, I just – I really believe that that's a thing why some northern schools like us can beat some of those southern schools because we just, frankly, develop players better than they do. They, they just – some of those teams you'll see, Jeff, they're, they're so talented. Their kids are so good. Um, but but we've gotten right there with them in terms of talent, not that we're getting them out of high school very often, but, you know, two, three years later, they look different.
0: Sure, sure. I mean, I, that's, a, that's a crazy – interesting and honestly just like super introspective look at it right like and i've never looked i never looked at it that way it was always like oh we got to go to the gym right and Mm -hmm. we got to grind under those lights on a hardwood floor um but that's so true that that it forces you to say look like we can't do a full game in here yeah you can do you know winter cage games but those are terrible Right? It's not the same light. It's not the same environment. You know, the netting is all, it just, it messes with your, with everything, right? You're pitching yep. off freaking cardboard or, you know, that those two by four mounds is awful, right? But it forces you to take that time and work on the small things, work on the mechanics, work on the, you know, the shoulder strength, you know, your, your feet, your hands, speed work, like all that stuff. Whereas, and that's all the time you have, right? It, 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 it it's all dedicated to that because there is a limit. I'm assuming there's yep. still a limit to how much time you're yep. allowed to work with them. Right. So that's super, that's a really good way to look at it and it's just an optimistic way to look at it and how it's beneficial as opposed to, yeah, this is your poison or your your prison um, yep. <laughs> in the winter. Right. It, this is a chance to get significantly better and come out in the spring and go from throwing 88 to 92. Right. Or whatever that might be. Right. So. Yep.
1: Yeah, and been cool. certainly, you know, over time, our, our facilities have gotten better. You know, sure. I mean, even where I went, Mankato's facilities are a lot better. Our facilities are a lot better. You know, I, I even talk to our players about that. And so when you guys leave in five years, in 10 years, our facilities better be better than you have it now. That's part of your job as an alum, you know, mm-hmm. is to make things better than when you were here. But um, so, yeah, we're, we have turf to take ground balls on now and we have, you know, a, a bubble to practice in and. You know we're certainly we're actually working on some fundraising for some, some more indoor facilities right now, um, but yeah so that, so that helps, but it's it's still inside you you sure. still can't do a full full game setting and yeah um, it's just again you, you make do it's the northern coaches you have to you have to do those things, and I think that helps absolutely. the fundamentals are usually a little better absolutely
0: um getting into like baseball nerdism. Because uh, I'm I'm kind of fascinated by this, right, and like how the game has changed since when we played. Um, in 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 like these very interest, like it's all about launch angle now for hitters, right? Whereas I just remember watching the our hitters go, you know, and it was drive the ball the opposite way, move runners over, you know, all like. What's your take on that? Is it? Do you think that's the way the game should be played, or should it be kind of more? And there's no right or wrong no. answer. Whatever it takes no, to win. No,
1: no, I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, to me, the, the worst thing that ever happened was launch angle, and it, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's a bad term. Um, okay. You know, r- really, the it, it's just ball exit angle should be the actual term for it. You know, I mean. At the end of the day, when sometimes what happens in the in the process is the swing turns into trying to launch the baseball. Where at the end of the day, I always say there's some hitters, the, the Lance Berkman's of, of 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 the era, guys like that, that they look like they're swinging more downhill, and the ball exits their bat with backspin on a on the launch angle that you want to hit a home run. So. Sure. But, but what's kind of transpired is that the movement patterns of a lot of kids nowadays you're right they start their swing with an upward trajectory so when it gets into the zone it's already on its way out of the zone instead of having the ability to stay in the zone longer yeah, that's so wild to me yeah it's, it is it's it's crazy and it's but it's reality and um so just their movement patterns from the first starting of their swing Puts them in a bad position, and then again, at the end of the day, you're swinging around the ball more. And th- There's just a lot of things that launch angle. If you think about the launch angle, anybody that's talking about launch angle, they're not trying to launch the ball the other direction. It's all to the pull side, you know. Yeah. Um, so you're just you just don't again look at big league baseball. Batting averages are way down. Strikeouts sure. are way up. Um, it's a mess. Sure. Now people will say. You want to get really geeky, the stolen base, right? Like, that's my thing, and, and we think we, we do a good job of teaching that. And, but I hated how the stolen base went away from Major League Baseball for so long because statistics said you should not steal bases because statistically, if you run, there, you're decreasing your chances of scoring runs with the home run and things like that. And I've always said that's idiotic because some pitchers that are really slow to home plate – and your guy in first base runs like the wind. I, I don't care what the statistics telling you. He is not getting thrown out. So if he if he's hundred percent at stealing bases, that's going to increase your run probability. You know, um, but it's all about numbers. They want to say, well, just the you know the static stat says if a guy is on first base and he does try to run, the percentages are going to go down because he's going to get thrown out. You know, twenty percent of the time or whatever their stats okay. they're using, twenty five percent. I'm like, well, that's just stupid. That's not how the game's played. Everybody's different. Yeah. It's no different than, you know, the shift stuff. Um, I hate it. I hate that they ban this. Let people shift if they want. What's going to get rid of the shift? A big left handed donkey hitter button like 20 times for a base hit. They're not going to shift you anymore. This third base one's going to have to stay in that vicinity. And, you know, I, I've had this argument with Bryce Berg, a former player of mine who um, he's working with the twins now. And And, and Bryce actually probably could have been the um, the hitting coach in the big leagues this year, but he, he'd rather stay in the minor leagues. And that's a whole other story. But anyways, it was in spring training. We're talking about bunting and you know, all these things you're bringing up. And I said, why don't you hire me as your, your bunting coach, you know, like just, sure. just kind of joking. And I said, I don't think a big donkey that's getting paid to hit the ball over the fence and drive in runs should bunt every single time they shift. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But again, aren't we all talking about run probability? If you want to score more runs, how do you score more runs? You get more guys on base. Yeah, You know, it's not that complicated. So Mm -hmm. I just don't like the way some things are, are trending and heading. And and the fact that they had to change the rules and now the stolen bases are going up because of that. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I hate that. Like that, that blew my mind Um, that we're going to tell people you can't play defense because somebody's unwilling to adjust. So we're going to force you to not adjust. Like what? What the hell? Like that was backwards to me. It's like, hey, this guy can't hit a curveball, so you only can throw him fastballs. What? Right? <laughs> what right. What a sense does you, that make? We
1: want more stolen bases, so you can only pick off twice the first base, and then you have to throw a
0: pitch. What? Uh, I mean, that's the dumbest thing ever. Come yeah, on, I don't get that at all. It blows my mind. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I I, I coach my kids and. Just that launch angle shit, right? And and like I had two kids that I swear to God, their elbow almost touched the ground, right? Like as they're coming through, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, do you not understand? At first, a like how hard it is to hit a baseball that's coming at you in a horizontal plane, right. and you want to now take an an opposite angle to that." and you're trying to time both of those things up at exactly the right time. Like, give yourself mm-hmm. some margin for error, and you could see this kid was like, huh, I guess that makes sense. Like, that way if I'm a little late, like, it'll just go down the right field line. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's the goal is hit the ball. Let them fuck it up in the field, right? Yeah. Get on base. Yeah, right. Oh, right. it just – I don't <laughs> get that. Oh. Well,
1: and and the younger you are, the worse it is to teach that kind of stuff. You know, you have some people out there that are teaching it to 10-year-olds just like they are to college kids. You know, like there's certainly some college guys that they can handle swinging that way, you know, if if they're really, really adept at those movement patterns. But 10-year-olds, they can't do it. There's no way. No,
0: no. It's just building bad habits. And, you know, you're going to get – they're going to fall out of love for the game because they're not going to have some success and they're striking out when their friends are – you know they're not driving the ball no but they're getting on base and they're getting base hits and like they're geek they're geeking out on first like yeah you know whereas you're walking back to the dugout hanging your head Ugh. some of
1: some of the best home run hitters in history didn't hit a ton of home runs when they were younger you know it just no. they had good swings and they're good baseball players and then as they got stronger and their bodies matured right. they started to hit more home runs you know it it right. just it, it wasn't it wasn't a swing change don't get me wrong. There's certainly some guys out there that had swing changes that hit more home runs because of that. Yeah. But it's typically a strength thing, and you were a good hitter, you yeah. know, got stronger and you started hitting more for more power.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. So, so I'm assuming then, like, your, your, again, your philosophy is, you know, steal, ba- get on base, steal bases, right? Um. Uh, move the runners over, right? Put the ball in play, drive in runs versus. Swing for the fences all the time. I'm in the middle. I I really
1: am. Um, You know, it's kind of funny to hear we won the national championship. One announcer asked me after we got to the, you know, he was doing an interview before the championship game just so he, you know, he had watched us that week but wanted to get to know us better. Do you care if I say small ball, call you guys, you play small ball? I'm like, I I just laughed. I'm like, well, you you can if you want. I I just – what people don't know. And, and this, this brings me back, even my dad, just like, he's seen us play so many times. And why'd you got, why'd you have that guy bunt there? Why'd you have him steal that base? I'm like, I, I didn't, he just did, you know, like it's just the game told you that you should do it in that moment. So we've taught our guys that, and they just do it. You know, like, sure. I'm not putting on, I, I honestly, 90% of the time, if we have a, a small ball type play, um, it's a basic bunt or it's a, it's a green light stolen base. It's not the coach doing a whole lot. It's just our guys playing baseball because okay. we've talked about it and we worked on it so much. Sure. So, um, I, I just think I'm, I'm a guy who says, okay, let's do what the other team is giving us because then we're going to have more success mm-hmm. and not try to do what they're not going to give to us. You know? So if, if a guy's slide-stepping all day long, we're probably not stealing a lot of bases. You know, or he's going to pick the first constantly. It makes it a lot harder to steal, you know, and there's sure. some things they can do at second base to counteract the running game for stealing third, et cetera. And, okay. and our guys know that. And so, the like, they're just things that other teams are stupid. They really are, and pitchers specifically, no offense.
0: <laughs> um, none taken. I was a slide-step guy, so none taken. <laughs> well, there you, there you go. Um,
1: but there's certain things that we're, we're just looking for and we've practiced it and we've worked on it. And if you want to see me get pissed off, um, if there's a guy on third base with, I don't care how many outs and the third baseman's playing back, uh, don't bunt. You'll see me pissed off. You know, I always tell our hitters, like, let's take a free hit here and an RBI, you know, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. it's so just, just being cognizant of the game of baseball, of what's going on around yeah. you and, and again i th- i think we've done a good job of of that as a program whether you're the guy that's supposed to hit 20 home runs in a season or or if you're supposed to hit only one you know you, you just do what you're supposed to do to help
0: the team be successful absolutely absolutely um what what are your what's your philosophy on like pitching do you have one or do you leave that up to your pitching coach and the reason i asked is uh this last year um I can't remember. It wasn't in the college world series. I think it was the the game to get to it. Uh, so in the super regional to close it out That Seth Miller, dude, threw like mm-hmm. 150 pitches. Yep. Something just like Herculean effort. Right. It's just <laughs> like, I'm sitting here going, wow. All right. Like, we're still going like good for this kid. Like, let's go. But, but I, at a certain point I was like, does he's got to know, does he not care? And, or, is it, no, I just check in on the guy. You good? Uh, what's your thought process <laughs> there? I'm just curious.
1: Well, that, that, there's a lot to unpack there. And and uh, number one, it's Seth Miller. Um, uh, you know, the older the guy is, the more willing I am to just, all right, you got this or do you not? You yeah. know, like yeah, yeah. Our, our players know me so well. If, if I'm going to let somebody go like I did Seth, they better be, you know, not that they're going to be successful, right. Fast forward to the world series. And we can certainly talk about that. Seth Miller stayed in too long, but um, you know, it, it's, it's a feel thing for sure, in sure. my opinion, but some guys have earned the opportunity. I think there's, there's something to be said there. And I, and frankly, when you get to be a junior or senior and you've earned that opportunity, I want you to want it, you know, and, and oh, yeah. sometimes I'll, I'll feel like, okay, I know he wants it and that's awesome, but I'm still taking the ball from you. Because I just feel like you're done, or yeah. the guy we got coming in next is more set up to get these next hitters out, or what have you. Um, so, so that specific game you're talking about where Seth went 150, um, I don't know that we've ever done that before. Frankly, okay. <laughs> uh, we certainly got into the 130 ish, 140 range, and maybe sure. Tanner Brown had a couple of those starts. Tanner was our all-time wins leader the year before. Um, Tanner had some stretches and where I remember coach Collison and be like, Hey, he's at 120." here. I'm like, I don't give a shit. What do you, what you want me to do? He just shoved that last inning. Like he's got higher <laughs> pitch counts. Cause he struck a bunch of guys out. He's still dominating, you know, yeah. I ain't taking him out unless he tells me he's done. I love so that. quit talking to me. You know, I just, there's been a couple of those moments and clay knows me really well. And I don't mean any offense. I'm just like, yeah, the the dude's got it, you know? Yeah. So Seth, that particular game, Ah, uh, the super regional. So the the to make sure everybody understands the situation, it was the day before we had the, the terrible loss, hit by pitch. You know, um, we we lost a time Holy run should have scored with a hit by pitch. Yeah, that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. And so then it was this. This was the next game, and we had to win twice that day to go to the World Series. And Seth was our guy. Like he he was the dude. Um, from a mentality standpoint, from a ability standpoint, all of the above. And we had a, I want to say a five, four, five, six run lead. It was felt like a pretty comfortable game as the game was going along. And, and I did, I went out and made a pitching, uh, trip to the mound. And usually if I'm going out, I'm taking a guy out or it's a, it might be a game situation we need to talk about. Um, but, but that particular situation, I was going to go out and be like, Hey, what do you think? You know, how are you feeling basically? And yeah. And, uh, I walk out and he said, I'm fine. I got it. I said, okay, see you later. I went and sat back down and, you know, he finished the game for us and we knew we had to win another game that day. And so we certainly didn't want to burn anybody in the bullpen. And yeah. sure enough, it went to matter that we kicked the crap out of him oh, in, in game
0: three, yeah, but, ugly.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just, yeah, I, I think from a philosophy standpoint, it depends, um, Okay. The other scenario, like if you talk about World Series game number one, we had a one nothing lead. Seth still pitching in the in the eighth inning, and um, Diedrich, who led Division two baseball in saves on the year, uh, he was warming up in the bullpen. And uh, frankly, Adam wasn't nearly the same guy at the back end of our year. He had some stuff with a groin issue, and he hadn't pitched very well. And um, if it was the Adam Diedrich that we had, you know, and I'm I'm not trying to defend my decisions. This is the why though, um, which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know this. If Adam was the guy he was in the middle of our year, I'm 100% taking Seth Miller out of that game. There's no sure. question about it. I don't care how bad Seth wanted it. Yeah. If Diedrich was the same guy and he wasn't. So we're like, okay, it was the thought process was again, I went out, I made a trip and Seth, I just, I, Seth, you got to be really honest with me. How do you feel, man? He goes, I, I feel good. I, I, I think I'm all right. You know, and and he still was pitching good at in that inning. And, and sure enough, uh, as the story goes, we had two outs and we're up by one run in the eighth inning. And and there's um, two guys on base and their three hole hitter, who is literally the division two record holder for RBIs, career RBIs. This guy's a stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I listened to his post game press conference and it's like, okay, that's why this guy's good. We had used a decent number of breaking balls against him in that game. And, and Seth, Um, had a lot of success. I don't think he had a hit against him. And sure enough, the kid said my whole goal in this at bat was just to be late. I wanted to be late. So if a fastball showed up, I still had a chance to compete, but I wasn't going to be early on off-speed stuff. And sure enough, um, Seth (laughs) threw him a fastball and he was late on the fastball. And our right fielder was maybe four or five feet from catching the ball for the third out of an inning. And instead it got, it just tailed down the right field line because the kid was so late on it. Yeah. And it dropped, and he got a double and two runs scored. And as they say, the rest is history. If that ball is five feet closer to to center field, and a right fielder catches it, in my opinion, we win that game. We win one to nothing, and we find a way to get three outs in the ninth. And but instead, baseball just game of inches, or in that that situation, a few feet. Sure. um, But yeah, I mean, long-winded answer to your question. It it depends. Um, Yeah our bullpen historically hasn't been awesome, but we feel good about it now. So this year we, we might go to the bullpen earlier versus let a guy sure. check out, not yeah. named Seth Miller.
0: Right. <laughs> right. And I, I mean like that's, I think that's like the, I had to ask cause that number was so crazy. Right. Um, yeah. I think anybody For who's sure. ever thrown a baseball kind of recognizes that's a lot. Um, even I'll, though, I'll add
1: one more thing, Jeff. One yeah. more thing I have to add because again, this is a true story. Seth was also a guy that we knew wasn't going to be a draft pick. Like there was no major league teams looking at him. You know, he ended up signing with the Canaries, and I think he's going to play some pro ball for you know a couple of years because he's really good. But yeah. he wasn't a draft guy. So, sure. if it was a kid on the mound who was you know, say Dalton Lennon five years earlier who ended up being a sixth round draft pick, there's zero chance I'm letting him go 150.
0: Right. No way. Yeah. No I'm matter how much that, you want but, it. Sure.
1: Yeah. And and I did, certainly don't want Seth to get hurt either, but it, it just was a different
0: situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, no, it's, that's what I, cause I, I, I hate the, Oh, he's thrown a hundred or my, my limit as a coach is one ten and you're out, right? Like you see all this shit in the big leagues now where people yep. aren't allowed to like try and get a no hitter or throw a perfect game. Cause they've reached their pitch count and I get it from an injury perspective, but as an arbitrary rule that someone just imposes and they don't have a feel for the game. Like I, that blows my mind as well. Like that. We do this shit now.
1: Yeah. Or like Rocco's third time through the order. Doesn't want anybody to go through a third time. It's like, come on, man. Oh like, there's certain situations that certain guys just, that doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, You need better pitchers if they can't face somebody more than twice. Agreed. That's just my philosophy on that, right? Um, So I got to ask, right, uh, Mankato dude, um, now you're coaching Augie. You give him the business a couple times a year. How much shit you catch from your former teammates that you're doing that to your alma mater? I mean, I know you said they're cheering for you when you're playing Central Mo, but... You know, when, when it's that but, weekend, what's it like?
1: Yeah, it's it's ironic you bring that up. And I so we we played Mankato in the Super Regional at our place, two out of three game series, and a couple couple guys actually came. Um, and and I was talking to one of them, a good buddy of mine, Jim Solom, came down from um, from Fargo, and he stayed and watched the weekend. And he's like, "Oh, this is cool. You know, I'm watching Mankato." And he's text, "We got this group text. You know, yeah. a couple guys." Well, quite a few of us that are pretty close in this group they group text and and he made a comment to me, I said, Oh, it's gotta be kinda of hard for you. You know, you're here talking to me and you know, this was in between the double header. I, I said hi to him on the you know, the day we ended up clinching and go to the World Series, but and now it's one to one. And I said, This gotta be hard for you. We're going into game three and you know, you're alma mater and you got a buddy who's coaching the other team and He said, not really, you know, which this was an interesting perspective. He said, I don't know anybody over there anymore. I don't know anybody on that team. I don't know any of the coaching staff at the time in our dugout was coach Boyer seven was, was coaching with us. And so I, I, I I wouldn't say that nobody in that group text would admit this, but I would bet if you pull that group, most of them were cheering for our team versus the Mankato guys, just because of a connection I had with them, which again, that's pretty cool. Right. If you think about it that way. Um, they're going to cheer for Mankato every single game, every other opponent, the rest of the year. And yeah, but they're playing us and maybe it's a flip a coin of who they really want to win. You know, they sure. were, I can tell you this, they were really excited that we, we won and, and we're happy, happy for me and our program. And yeah, um, I referenced Brady Ranweiler; His son was, his, well, he has two sons on the other team at Mankato and I tried to recruit them both, but um <laughs> So, anyways, I talked to Brady. We have a great relationship, and his boys are playing against us. You know, so we're
0: trying yeah. to trying to beat them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it. I can see that, right? How it'd be a little bit of like a free roll. It's like, yeah, it's great if Mankato wins. Like, I feel happy for my alma mater. But you know, if my former teammate wins, that's also awesome. Hell yeah. Um, what like talk me through the the 2018 season. Right. And like anything that went into it, maybe the year before, like just give me that story. Right. Cause that's, yeah. Uh, we don't, I don't know. I, I feel like it. And I'm obviously biased. Right. I've got my augie baseball shirt on. I'm drinking out of my augie <laughs> koozie yeah. back when we were AC, not AU. Um, yeah. But like even Mankato in their heyday never won a national title. Right. For this northern school to ever do that in the baseball. Yep. Um, uh, uh, world, so like talk me through that journey, and any hurdles, challenges, obviously, the ultimate success so
1: i I, I usually don't get chills until I get to the last game telling this story, but I, I just got chills with you bringing it up um unbelievably cool experience from the minute that whole year started um you know, so i I guess to to go back we got lucky a little bit. Um okay. We ended up bringing in some transfer guys that panned out. Um Tyler Mitzel was a Sioux Falls kid who was at Arkansas state and he, and he was a weekend starter for him and just didn't have a good experience. Had some buddies on the team transferred home for his senior year. Okay. He okay. ended up being the world series MVP that, that year. Yeah. Um uh, My current pitching coach was our midweek starter. Clay Collison was at, uh, Nebraska Kearney and, and no joke, they essentially cut him. And then he was like, he had, we had a connection. He's like, coach, do you care if I transfer for my senior year? I'm like, sure, whatever, you know, that's, that's cool. He just wanted to come. He came for free, no baseball money. And, um, he was a midweek starter, won like four or five games that year. Uh, um, David flattery was a transfer from UNO. I tried to get him out of Iowa central out of, out of the Juco. He went to UNO and had a bad experience. And so he transferred for his senior year and had an awesome season and, um, it, it, and then, I mean, okay, so uh, we returned Sam, Sam Bayer at shortstop and Riley Johnson at center field. We were sophomores that year and played as freshmen. And, and then uh, our four-hole hitter was Jordan Barth, who was a freshman. Our five-hole hitter was Ryan Nickel, was a freshman. JT Mix, I mentioned, um, played second base for us, hit ninth, also had two game-winning hits in the World Series as a freshman. Um, but, but we got a little bit lucky that guys came in and and they played for us as freshmen and helped. And then we were really old on the mound. A lot of seniors, um, Zachary developed in our program, ended up being our closer at the end of that year. His stats that season were unbelievable. Jacob blank uh, was probably one of the biggest success stories we'll ever have in our program. I, I, I tell the Jacob blank story. He was a a nerd out of high school, high ACT political science major throwing 82 miles an hour and, the year before in 2017, Jacob was the Division two Pitcher of the Year. He was a stud. Pitched really well, just didn't throw hard enough, so didn't get drafted. That same year, Dalton Lennon in 2017. And I, I should certainly give Dalton a lot of credit for our success in 2018. 18. So Dalton transferred from the university of Cincinnati mm-hmm. in 2017 and, and he ended up being a six round draft pick. But what Dalton brought to our program was not the pitching side of things. Matter of fact, he didn't win a lot of games that year. We, we found a way to just not score runs for him. But <laughs> in 2017, what he did in the fall, and, and I still tell the story to a lot of people um, he helped our guys realize how talented they were the Jacob blanks of the world and some other guys that were there. He's like, I was just at Cincinnati. It's a power five school. And you guys are just as good as those guys. Yeah. Your pitchers are just as good, you know, and you talk about the mindset, right. And, and, and when things start to flip for you, as far as the mindset goes, 2017, we beat Mankato a couple of times, you know, the 20, it, we just started to win some games against the type of teams that we just could never give over the hump. Sure. And then to fast forward to 2018, the year started and we just, Wow, I mean, we we just we had a stretch there where we won a ton of games, and we ended up getting ranked number one in the country um, going into the the midweek series against USF. Right, we're mm-hmm. at the Birdcage. We're gonna play USF, and it's man. If somebody could tell me how to coach your guys and prepare them to play USF, I I mean, I'd pay you a lot of money. Uh, we've tried every different discussion. I think all Augie coaches do. And it's, you know what they say, it's world, it's their World Series when USF sure. plays Augie. And for us, we were just really stinking good and we we're just USF's USF. They they weren't. They weren't even a conference tournament team. Right. But we go to the birdcage and sure enough, uh, we get beat game one. You know, we're number one in the country. The poll just comes out. I think either <laughs> that morning or the day before. And we go down there and we lose. It was like our second or third loss of the year we were like 25 and one or two or whatever wow. the hell our record was and uh I, I remember matt zimmer you know of course does the story with me <laughs> are you guys really this good so th- again we get ranked number one in the country are you guys really this good i'm like no probably not it's just you know we're just playing well the records it's the teams were playing blah 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 sure shit right we get to oh. the world series and um, so, so if I fast forward to the world series, I, I remember pretty vividly, Jeff sitting there. So day one, we had first, the first game of the, of the tournament we, we win. Right. And, and then I'm watching the next one. And then the next days I'm watching the next day, I'm watching the next two games. Cause it's two, two games, day one, two games, day two. And I get done watching day two of games and I'm like, shit maybe we are pretty good. You know, like I didn't see anybody there that yeah. I thought was that much, that much better than us. You know, that sure. the one team was, was Florida Southern was, they were so talented. They were really, really good. And, and we played them, um, you know, and, and ended up winning on, on some luck. We had a, their left fielder dropped a fly ball with two outs and we scored two runs that inning ended up winning a close game. But um, yeah, it, it just was kind of surreal Uh, it played out awesome for us. You know what they say, you have to get as much, you have to be lucky, maybe sometimes even more than good. And I referenced Tyler Mitzel. So Jacob Blank, um, he was our stud that year, even though Mitzel was a draft pick, um, or or, or, even though Mitzel was a D1 transfer, Jacob was, he was our best pitcher uh, statistically and everything else. And he had got hurt in the regional because it was so hot down in Southern Arkansas. He, he like, I don't even know. He like had to get an IV. He was coughing, and, and he, he kind of hurt a rib from whatever it was. It's a long story. Sure. But basically, he wasn't available game one, so we went with Mitzel, and he pitched against Southern New Hampshire. And you want to talk about an unbelievably good matchup? They were an extremely aggressive team, and Mitzel was a changeup guy. And he, he would touch 90, but his changeup was unbelievable. And we just used a ton of changeups, and he pitched great. So then, sure enough, with we had a rain day. And the way the the way the tournament kind of figured itself out, we, we played, again, I referenced Florida Southern in game two, and we beat them. David Flattery pitched well, and our bullpen was great. We, we won a close game. So then we the next game, because of how the tournament set up, we could circle back with Mitzel again against Southern New Hampshire. Literally the same team we played in round one. Everybody's like, is Blank ready? I'm like, maybe, but I'm going with Mitzel. Like, he's just the right matchup here, you know? Sure. Well, he just pitched against him four days earlier, five days earlier, and I'm like, I don't care. He's a great matchup. He beats him again. <laughs> so now we're in the championship. You know, we win our first three games and we had to wait for the you know the team to get to us. And yeah. So Jacob Blank had not pitched a game yet in the World Series. <laughs> we had him to throw the championship. And I, I don't know if you remember, but he went complete game. I think he struck out yeah. either thirteen or fourteen guys. Oh yeah. And just dominated, you know, yeah. hadn't pitched in two weeks. Um,
0: fresh. <laughs> yeah. He
1: was, he was awesome. And, uh, he wanted the ball and he had the right mentality and you know, the, the twins drafted him a, a few weeks later. And, uh, yeah, I, I again, it just was pretty, pretty surreal. I, I was, it was a long, we were there 10 days. It was a long, long stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it accumulated for me, I, I remember, I t- I've told this story before, but I we get done with the the media interviews, and I'm sitting in the dugout, and now all our guys are still talking to parents, and they're up in the concourse. And and I'm sitting there all by myself, and I, I want to talk about chills. I got chills. I literally was, like, trying to hold back tears. Sure. You know, it's that was my 10th year in the program, and um, it, it just was – Again, like you said, we're a team from South Dakota. We're we're beaten. We beat Columbus State out of Georgia in that championship game, and Florida Southern was legit. We beat them, you know, round two. And taking nothing against Southern New Hampshire has been a better program than us. We had to beat them twice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I I didn't expect it to happen. It was so cool. Our guys deserved it. Uh, we did catch some breaks, but we just had big hits, and we played baseball the way we were supposed to play baseball. We stole bases, and yeah. We bunted a little bit. And, um, so that, that whole year was just, it really just kind of got to the point where, um, as I said, in maybe a couple interviews, it was, it was a win for everybody that was associated with our program. You know, the Mm -hmm. alums, the parents, the former people that, you know, just coaches everything. We just, we got there. And then we just happened to win, which awesome. And I I think the other piece of the puzzle to fast forward to last year, we got back. You know, so now all of a sudden it's, it's not a fluke, you know, we want it. We, we, it wasn't just, you got lucky with some, some recruits. We got back again last year and and we're returning everybody except not named Seth Miller basically this year. So yeah, the 2018 year, I I don't know that I'll ever forget kind of how that run went and it just, it was a pretty special, special deal.
0: So like, man, I have, I have so many questions. Uh, First, I want (laughs) to say, don't just say we happen to win right like let's not do like i don't want you to do that right cuz fuck that like you guys won a fucking national championship that is <laughs> the coolest thing and uh, again like i take a ton of pride in it i had nothing to do with it right as you just mentioned like we all took so much pride in that like cuz we had we were a small part of the process to get it there are, in some absolutely. form or fashion right whether it's trying to change it early on to bring it home and so you know there's some weird universe where it all ties together I'm not uh poetic enough to 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 illustrate that through words so I'm not even going to try right but you want it right and like as you're sitting there right like did you have one of those moments that like really sticks out not game related that you're going to remember forever. Cause I, I had a buddy and he, he tells this, it's a great story. He, so he played at St. Thomas, right. Like mm-hmm. another, like Minnesota baseball power. They won the national title D three. Yep. Um, I think it was Oh one, uh, when he was there and, um, you know, his coach legendary, you know, Minnesota college Danny, baseball yep. coach. Yeah. Yep. Who unfortunately just passed away. Right. Um, you know, he, he would, he told the guys like his memory of that, not any of the games was them riding back on the bus and listening to gangster rap. Right. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, this is it. Like good. You know, he took so much pride in that and like seeing them celebrating and whatnot. So did you have one of those moments or something like that or, or I don't know. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. This is an awesome story. And I, I I've told it a bunch and I love telling it. Um, this is one I, like I knew before the game started, um, the national championship game where same kind of thing. We're riding the bus, right? Um, and it was from our hotel to the, where the, so the USA uh, baseball complex, which is where our world series is every year in Cary. It was about a 20 minute bus ride or so. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of hotels in that location. And so riding the bus there and, I, and I'm sitting where I always do. It's, you know, a bus driver, I skip a seat. I don't want to get killed on a bus. You know, it's a terrible thing to say, but I, I, I always skip a seat. So I got a, at least a seat buffer. If, if we get an accident, I'm going to bumps into the seat, not the windshield. And, and then I referenced Ryan Nickel, Jordan Barth. Um, you got two freshmen who are just their personalities. I, I can't even begin to describe them. Um, it would take me way too long. And they're, they're just awesome, awesome people, good kids. And they're freshmen, you know, they're just, they're goofballs. They, they didn't know any different. Sure. right? So, so typical situation, you're on a bus and all the old guys are in the back and your freshmen are in the front, even though there are four and five bowl hitters, you know, and we're at the last game of the year. They're, yeah. they're literally sitting in and, and picture like, okay, the travel party isn't as big as normal. So there's, they could have had their own seat, but these two guys are <laughs> best buddies and they're like kitty corner behind me. Just, just a seat and a half behind me, whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah.
1: And this bus is silent. Jeff. Like it's our our guys are feeling the fact that we're in the national championship game later that day.
0: Yeah.
1: And all of a sudden I, I look over my shoulder and uh, like, what is going on? I look and uh, they, they were sharing your, well, you know, the old school hit where it's an actual earphone or earpiece and earpiece. Like they're sitting next to each other. One's got one in one ear and the other one's got in the other ear and all of a sudden Barth just starts singing and it started kind of quiet. I'm looking like I'm laughing and all of a sudden he's belting out Miley Cyrus party in the USA on this (laughs) box and everybody starts laughing. And these two goofy freshmen are just having a blast Yeah, and it it loosened everybody up. And we just, again, from there, it was just, it was just another day. It really was, um, so I'll never forget that. I, I mean, there's right. no way of all the all the things. Base, there's a lot of baseball stuff I remember about that game. Sure, um, but yeah, <laughs> that was a, That's a really cool moment.
0: I love it for sure. I, I fucking love that. I love that. Did you did you um, did you know prior to the start of the year you guys were going to be good, or especially with? you know, incoming freshmen that ended up playing and all these, you know, these senior transfers, or was it, you know, well let's just kind of see how this rolls and kind of taken by surprise as the year unfolded.
1: I mean, I I certainly thought we were going to be a regional team. I thought we were talented enough to do that. Sure. Um, No, I mean, I had absolutely no clue that, that we would be that good. And, but, but part of it is me personally as a head coach, I'd never been there before, you know, and I, and I talked to our guys a lot about, you know, just what it looks like. You know, if I go back, we talked about earlier tonight about the, the first year, Hey guys, you don't know what it looks like to be successful. I've got a pretty good idea. This is what it looks like. Well, I'd never been through a regional and actually won it before. I never, got to the world series. So I, I had really no clue, um, what, what it looked like to be the best team in, in all of our level of baseball. I, I I didn't know. Um, yeah, I I will say this last year at the world series, I felt pretty good. You know, I, I, ultimately I did, did I think we were that great? No, but I also knew that maybe we were close enough with the talent we had. And so, yeah, it, it just was, it was a kind of a thing where, I knew enough about where our program had got to. I didn't know that we were going to be at that level yet. I thought we were building to that point for sure. We had seen some progression and yeah. you know again the Dalton Lennon story how he changed the thought process a little bit the year before and we could see the successes starting to come easier and the mentality, you know, showing up on big days against the Mancatos of the world and being prepared to win those games. Mm-hmm. So we knew we were kind of in that in that position but again to get through it all and it was a special special group
0: yeah i i love that that dalton lennon story right about like encouraging the guys or just letting them know right like you guys are capable um you know because i think a lot of and we we were part of that generation where d1 d2 d3 we thought it meant something and like there was this clear and noticeable delineation of talent between one two and three right and you know you come to learn through playing and through time and just understanding of the game that that the line is a lot smaller than you think it is and oh, yeah especially for up us you know northern folk who you know realistically like nobody from the south wants to come up here and recruit us in the spring when it's 50 degrees and there's it's sleeting nobody wants to sit in a game in april and watch that they'd rather sit in arizona or texas right like that's where they're gonna go recruit for their own comfort and i don't blame them right so we just don't get a lot of exposure and as you mentioned the holly twins right like they transferred from augie to k-state when they were seniors you know you come to find you talk to them years later they're like oh yeah you guys were all more than capable right like ross was our one he went there and he was their one Right. I mean, yep. it, how does that make sense? Going from uh, a team that was mid-level NCC to the big 12 storied baseball conference, right. And making the tournament. And you're their ace, like the talent level is, you know, and so just like helping these kids know that like you guys have it right. You, a little bit more extra work, a little bit more extra effort, and we can reach the mountaintop as you have. Right. Like, I think yeah. that that is so incredibly powerful, and i I, I, I understand why you tell that a lot because, like, now as an older man, like, and it it, it would have met it would have meant a lot knowing that at my age, like, when we were playing, like, yeah, you guys are, you guys are good. We're just because that meant so much as an eighteen year old. I don't know. I don't know about for you. Um, yeah. I agree. You know, like oh, try, like just trying like am I good enough, right? Like, yeah, you are, right? Like, you got recruited to play at a higher level. Who gives a shit about that number, right? Like, go go, do it, right? And, like, that number, that it's not as clear as you think it is. Yeah, there are the freaks, you know, in D1 that are, you know, the Hunter Greens that are throwing 105 and whatever, right? Like, yeah, that's different. But for the most part, we're all pretty darn good. And it's just recognizing that and like getting out of your own damn way.
1: I, I mean, I referenced this earlier. You asked what, what it was like for us in Mankato. I mean, this, this discussion is a good example for, so back in those days, I don't know if you guys ever did this. We played the Gophers every year. It was a midweek game and I get, you're not seeing their number one guy, but you usually saw somebody pretty talented or they would committee, you know, bullpen it or whatever that game. One year we, we got beat. So four out of five years in my my career at Mankato, we beat the Gophers four out of five yeah. years, and you know it's exactly what you're saying. The, the The talent gap is not that big of a difference. There's probably a little more depth of talent, you know, in, sure. in those yeah, programs. Yeah. Like that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. There should be, you know, correct, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the one through nine guys or one through whatever middle of the order was just as good as their guys were, and their weekend starters were probably better than you know what ours were, but that particular day they were no better than we were and we found a way to win, you know? So yeah, that, that, that's not the sec. I get that. Right. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. Uh, Like I said, for us to go back to a world series, what I know is we have to have a lot of division one talent on our team to have
0: any shot. And there's a lot of it out here, right? Like I think that's, and that kind of gets back to that story, right? Like there's a lot of it here that is that people don't, recognize because when you if you look at it uh, geographically right in the five state area there's not a lot of D1 teams whereas like yeah, in the right. south they're fucking everywhere like throw a rock yeah, hit a sure. three wood you're going to hit two of them right um, whereas like D2 is our non power five division one level of school up in this area right and I think there's a proven right like you look at that NCC when we played, that was a division one conference for the most part. Right. Like maybe Morningside wasn't, I don't know. Right. I'm not going to shit on them. Right. Um,
1: no, you're right. But they had a year. I yeah. remember one year they were really good, but yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: But like for the most part, you know, the UNDs, NDSUs, SDH, like you guys, St. Cloud State, like that, there were players in that conference yep. and it, and UNO, like and UNC, that was a grind <laughs> of a conference to like get through. And now fuck half of them are D one already. Right. So it's, it was, you know, and it's just a number you're talented enough. Believe that go perform, you know?
1: Yeah, it's no doubt. The, the interesting part, and and I've said this a little bit more recently, we we've been fortunate. You're seeing more and more division two kids getting picked off and going into the transfer portal now because you can move up a level that that's, that's a change. Um again, I'm not naive it's gonna happen to us at some point but to this to this point it hasn't we haven't had any sure. of our i referenced earlier i th- i think we our number is thirty three guys in the last dozen years have play, played pro baseball you don't think some of those could have went to you know like yeah. the hollies and transferred For you sure. know
0: absolutely um
1: so I, but but again it's 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 I, I think it's a testament to what we've got going on and yeah. our guys like being part of it and um so, you know awesome. they're they're I, It's also me as a head coach, just pushing it down their throat to say, Hey boys, this ain't about you. It's about we, it's about us. If you're that guy, then, you know, we just don't find a lot of people that are like that, that it's about them. Mm -hmm. It it, it just doesn't, it doesn't show up in our program. And again, I think we're pretty diligent in our recruiting process. I, I tell kids all the time, um, we lose, if you think about this and, it, and I'm not going to name any schools, but the division one, some of them you mentioned around our area, we're sending a lot more guys into pro baseball than they are, but, but we lose those recruiting battles every single time, yeah. every time. Right. You know, we're never getting those kids. And so at the end of the day, this is kind of crappy for me to say, but we're getting group B so to speak. Sure. And we're sending them into pro ball and way more, then these other schools that we're talking about that have the number after the D. Yeah. Well, Why is that? You know,
0: I, so yeah, it's a coaching uh, yeah, and culture. Right. Perspective, it, well, that's just opinion. it. It's just the guys like what
1: they, they show up. They like the process and they just, they're going to stick with it. They're not looking yeah. for that next level if they chose us.
0: Yeah. And they buy in and they're committed, man. Like that's, yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch from a distance and super super excited for you guys and super proud of like all you've accomplished man like own it it's awesome it's great it's great to watch and you know it's super super cool super cool i have i have one more question for you and then an ask one whose idea was it for those sick baby blue uniforms
1: (laughs) well that was actually me Um, oh so good our, our guys just you know it's it's the day and age, they love stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm usually not the one to do that kind of thing, but, but I really like the old school look, you know, and and obviously baseball back in the day, the twins and the Royal, I mean, you yes. still see those show up once in a while. Like it's a, every, every kind of a, whatever your color scheme is, doesn't matter. The baby blues are, you know, that's, that's oh. a thing. And um, so, yeah, I, I made the decision to just, we were kind of due for a uniform anyways. And, and I, I didn't tell our guys at all. And sure enough, I thought it'd be a great surprise. Sure. Last year, the, the, um, the pants showed up really early in the winter and, uh, I, I'm not going to tell them they're there. Cause so, so you'll laugh at this. I had some baby blue pants that they tried on their Nike pants earlier in the fall. Okay. And I'm just like, Hey, I, I literally brought it. And I already knew I was going to do the whole uniform set in that color but I brought it to practice and I said, Hey guys, don't get your hopes up. We're not wearing these. I, there's no chance I'm getting this uniform. These are just, it's for sizing. Sure. We need sure. to get some new Nike pants. Tell me what sizes you want, you know? And so sure enough, the pants show up and then it's the last conference weekend. I got the memo from supposedly Nike said, Hey, we're not shipping them until the summer. So I'm like, crap. So I break out the blue pants and say, Hey, Hey, <laughs> we got these baby blue plant pants jokes on you. You know, we actually did get them, but the uniforms aren't coming until the summer, the tops, So oh, yeah, pick which pick whichever color top you want to wear that we have with these baby blues. And there wasn't a great one, but whatever it worked. And then sure enough, they a week later they actually showed up. So we got to wear them for the, you know, for the postseason. season. But so yeah, I know cool. that was, that was a not typically a me type thing, but I'm like, yeah, this will be cool
0: yeah love it dude yeah they're they're awesome they're awesome it was a a nice it's nice to see um i know gray is all the look now but seeing that seeing that shit pop i was like yeah that's what's up like good for them um and my last my ask is how do i get a hat because when i go to the freaking store it's not the hat like i want a fucking hat tim yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: Let me know what size we'll, we'll, we'll make it work for you, Jeff. I love we, it. Actually timing's good. We're going to get some new hats this year. So we have last year's game hats. We have some extra of year' those love gray, it. which I actually really like the yeah. charcoal gray yeah. game hat with the the Viking head on it. Oh yeah. Um, so I, that would be what I can get you. If you just love let it. me know what, what size.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, Hey, I, I have taken up a lot of your time. I appreciate you, uh, jumping on and man I, I this has been a super fun conversation and i hope to do this more right um if possible and you know if you ever want to come on and talk about baseball or whatever you let me know but man this is this was awesome thank you so much coach
1: yeah no but i i loved it as well i could I, as you can probably tell i could do this all night so for sure appreciate you having me
0: absolutely my pleasure it's my pleasure uh yeah man um till next time you take care and uh, Best of luck this year. I, I cannot wait to, to see how you guys do.
1: Appreciate it. Hope to see a bunch of guys back around the spring again.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No. All right. Take care, coach. Be good. See you, Yeah. All right. That was awesome. It was an awesome conversation. Really appreciate uh, coach Huber taking the time to jump on this and shed some light on where the program is at. Um, Hope everybody got a little something out of it, whether or not you're interested in ball or not, but just, you know, his competitiveness, the drive, the mindset, all of that was super insightful and I'm, I'm super thankful that he sh- took the time to sit down with me for almost two hours. As always, thank you everybody for listening. means an a- the absolute world to me, like, comment, share, subscribe, tell a friend Be a friend, all those things. And until next week, be good.